Good morning. Uh, my name is Dave Koblen. I'm a friend of Chris's, and I have had the privilege of accompanying him and your leadership team on a journey, a journey of clarity. And it's been one that I have valued probably even more than they have and what it has shown me. Chris asked me to come today and share a little bit about what I have seen prophetically about South Everett, Foursquare. Because, as you see, I'm wearing a medal. That medal is something that I received after two years of training, two years of commitment, two years of clarity in vision. And so on July 20th of this year, I actually crossed the finish line of a half Ironman. Yeah, yeah. And at, and at 58 years old, during your first half Ironman, that was uh, something off my bucket list. But what it taught me is that I had to be incredibly intentional on my journey. I had to know what it is I was supposed to do to get in shape to be ready to accomplish it. I also, with that clarity, had to find out what I had to say no to, what I had to say yes to. And that journey is similar to what you're on right now. And as I've watched what, since I've known Chris for how long now? About a year and a half. I have seen this form and take shape and watch with intentionality as you have been doing it. And it has been amazing. And every time I've met with him, and again, when I met with the leadership team about a month ago now, there was a sense of the Holy Spirit that he began to speak and show me that what you are doing is amazing for you. How you are intentionally reaching out and involving this whole area and everything that God is showing you to be a part of to be the church. That's awesome for you and God is blessing that. But it is not just for you. What you are walking through is a journey that is going to influence many and especially many in cities because cities around the world need what is happening here. And so I encourage you, I um, adjure you to walk this walk with faithfulness, with excitement. And when I did my half Ironman, I had two goals. It was to finish and to have fun. And that's what I was able to do because I was intentional about it. And so I uh, encourage you, I charge you, finish and have fun as you do it. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. And I thank you, God, even as I'm here, I experience so much of the diversity, the uniqueness, the creativity of who you are and how you have created people in this world. Lord, we want to share your love with as many as possible and to enjoy and have fun on the journey with as many as possible. Bless this time. Let your heart continue to be poured forth. We love you. We worship you. We thank you in your name. Amen. You may be seated. My thoughts will be brief this morning, and then we're going to open up for more sharing. We have more guests that will be with us, family that will be with us to share more about the vision and the life of where South Everett is going forward from here. So just a few thoughts uh, this morning. One about clarity. 
uh, Dave Koblen, uh, in, in conjunction with Will Mancini, and then I added a little bit, came up with the purpose in a statement behind clarity, and it goes like this. Clarity isn't everything, but it changes everything. We know what is important to us when we know what is important to us and why it is important to us. It gives us courage and motivation to step into it fully and completely. Clarity eliminates distraction and provides focus. With clarity, we understand what we are to do, how we are to do it. When we seek the Lord, we will find clarity. And one thing we know about the God that we serve is that he deeply wants to be in relationship with us. More than anything, God is relational. And nothing was spared. Nothing was spared in the Father's sacrifice when he came to his children in pursuit. He pursued us fully with everything that he had in him, and that pursuit culminated in the gift of his son, Jesus. And the pursuit of God in our lives provides a great amount of clarity and answers deep questions. It sheds light on our identity. It sheds light on our value and answers questions like, who are we? What are we worth? And what will we do? This is what God's pursuit does. Jeremiah 33, 2 and 3 says, This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you a great and many unsearchable things that you do not know. We will seek the Lord. Jeremiah was a prophet to the southern kingdom of Israel, and he was called to bring a message of both judgment and hope to a people who were on the brink of exile. See, Yahweh is able to reveal unto things, unto his children things that would be generally unknowable outside of his revelation. When we seek the Lord, we find things that we couldn't find otherwise, and that is why we seek him. When we seek him, we establish our dependency upon him, saying, God, I don't have this figured out. We know that Todd didn't have it figured out when he came here. We know that Vaughn didn't have it figured out. Adriana doesn't have it figured out yet. David, we don't got it figured out. We've been trying to do a a skateboard barbecue night forever. We don't got it figured out yet, but we're going to keep seeking the Lord. He's going to show us the timing of these things. But we will seek the Lord. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. Yahweh is a creator. He playfully beckons with us. Did you know that? It's like a hide-and-seek game with God, that he wants to show us something. Have you ever had a kid approach you and want want to show you something that they've created, the, 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 the excitement, the passion, the energy in their eyes, their hope that we will pay attention to say, look, look at what I've created. And this is the God that we serve that creates in such a way that says, look, Eric, Look, Mary, look, Paul, look what I've created. I want to share what I've created with you. He playfully beckons. He thrives in the context of deep relational engagement. He longs to be known and he longs to know. So where might we meet with this God to establish this dependency, to receive power and authority? Where will we meet with him? Where will we seek him? In Yahweh's interactions with the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings, 
we find out that Yahweh wasn't sought out or found in a great wind that tore mountains apart. He wasn't found in an earthquake or a fire. It says in 1 Kings 19 that God was found in a gentle whisper, a still, small voice. That's where he was found. And this is true about the God who wants to playfully, lovingly interact and reveal things to us that we have a God that will not compete for our attention. It's a part of the free will that we have the will to follow after and listen to God reveal a plan for us for a place in a space and a time, or we have a choice to not listen, to not engage. It's part of free will. If we can't choose against it, we can't freely choose it. And he says, come and I will whisper to you. I will show you great and unsearchable things that you cannot know apart from me. And he beckons for us to come and be in relationship with him. He will wait, eagerly wait for us to come to him in faithfulness, in obedience. God has been, is, and always will be available to us. Through a garden, through a rainbow, a burning bush, a land of milk and honey, through the kings and through the prophets, through his son and by his spirit, through wisdom and revelation, the mind and heart of our creator is available to us. Let's just sit in that for a minute, knowing that the God of the universe whispers our name. He says, come in close. I will show you things you do not know. And so we will continue to seek the Lord. Proverbs 29:18 says, "Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint or perish or die. Where there is no revelation, people perish. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions." We know that without vision people perish, dreams perish. And so we seek the Lord because he has a dream, an identity, and a purpose for our community. And we will seek him to find it because it's new all the time. The Lord has concealed the matter concerning our purposes on Casino Road. He says, come and seek me. It's his desire that in collaboration with him, we would seek out the matter. That's what we get to do. That's what many faithful followers of Jesus in this community for years have been doing. And we do it again because God is doing a new thing. He's always the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But he's always doing new and creative things according to his word. And so it's upon us, incumbent upon us, to seek him. And that's the season we continue to find ourselves in. So as we seek him, we know that South Everett Foursquare is an expression of the body of Jesus Christ that lives on mission 24-7. We are extending the hope of the gospel towards each other and to our neighbors through genuine relationship. This is what the Lord says to us about our community. As Dave said, the leadership team of this church has been meeting uh, over the, the course of the last year. And here's a picture of most of these people uh, up at, the, at, at a house. We spent a whole day seeking Jesus and, 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 and asking him for his wisdom, his revelation. We've been doing this for more than a year. There's a team of leaders, these people plus a few more, the Norbies that weren't there that day, that passionately seek Jesus and want to empower more people to lead in this community. And we've been working on 
four different areas of seeking the Lord's wisdom and vision for this church this year. And I want to share these things with you as we move forward into a new year that we've been working together to clarify our core values, our behaviors and our priorities as a congregation. It's important to know where we're going. It's important to know what God has called us to. Under your seat, you will find a draft of something that we're working on, our core values as a congregation and our priorities. We take the leadership of this congregation very, very seriously because we know the Lord has entrusted it to us. And as we've been seeking things, this seems to be the heart of God for our community in this season. There's a whole set of behaviors that go along with it. What we do is determined by what we believe. And so we've been spending a lot of time seeking the Lord for what it is that we value the most and how we are to engage and interact with it. I want you to look at this briefly and then just put it away. It's actually homework for later. We don't have time to go through it now. There'll be a four-week series in November that will start to focus on these matters. But I wanted you to just have them in your hands to look at them later. So go ahead and put those away. Uh, but take them home with you. So we've been clarifying our core values, which are, just real quickly, core, uh, core values are sacred relationships, courageous belief, uh, neighborhood and city, diversity of peoples, and signs and wonders. That's what this congregation is going to be, has always been, but now is clear in what it's going to be going forward. We've clarified our community partnerships, which you're going to hear about more in just a minute. Uh, we've been establishing a middle school ministry. In fact, we have a picture of some of the activities of these middle school kids. They all went up to Bellingham for a concert not too long ago. Guys, we've got more young people in our church now, not just kids, but teenagers. Right? We have teenagers in this congregation. We have teenagers in this neighborhood. And we want to continue to build relationships with them to invest in them because, guess what? The kids are it. That's where the passion, that's where the energy is, that's the excitement. Those are the people leading forth the work of the gospel in the season to come. Amen? Kids are important. So we've been working on establishing those things, our, our school partnerships, our core values, and then finally developing and executing a plan for our time that we've had away from the village, uh, this the South Everett Traveling Roadshow. Uh, I don't know anything else to call it. Uh, but our team executed on that, spent time planning what's going to happen when we're going to be somewhere else. We're always going to be looking to what happens next. But as we've sought the Lord in these areas... As we've worked in these four quadrants, we've heard from the Lord what it means for us to be us. And what the Lord has been articulating has been true of us for the last 24 years will continue to be true of us moving forward. This isn't a new work. This is a continued work of a very faithful and present congregation. We'll be celebrating our 25th anniversary uh, on May 16th and 17th. We're going to have a big open house in the spring. Every pastor that has pastored this congregation in the history of this congregation will be together with us that weekend. Some of those people live in Wisconsin. Some of those people live in Idaho. Some of those people live down the street. But we will all be together. We're going to invite back people who have been a part of this family for a very long time to celebrate the good work that God has done and put us on the trajectory to keep going. Because the Lord has new works and new plans for this congregation. But we want to honor what has been because what has been has been very, very good. 
we always want to honor that. So there'll be more information coming on that in about six months. Uh, but just know we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary coming up in 2020. Uh, but the thing that the Lord has said to us about who we are as we've sought him is simple. I want us all to remember that the Lord has called us to be a present church. We are a people who have opened ourselves for business. That's a, a, a term that I've coined from Pastor Jerry Cook, but I just love it. He says the church is open for business. And to be open for business means that we open up our lives and that we are available to one another, right? To be open for business has to do with the linger factor, has to do with the fact that in just a few minutes we're going to have lunch and people will gather and stay and be in relationship because this is a group of people that really actually like each other. It's amazing. There's something called the linger factor. It's how long people will stay after they've been released to go. This church lingers because this church loves one another, right? We're open for business in our small groups and our accountable relationships and checking in as a, as a broader family. And so we're open for business to one another, but we're also open for business, and that means our lives are open and available to our neighbors and to our neighborhood. We are a present church. It's expressed through Tyrone McMorris and his team with Casino Road Kids Ministries. It's expressed uh, with Todd McNeil and Hand in Hand that the church is the people. That's the one thing I want us to know is we are people, so we are present all week long on soccer fields and in the lives of foster kids and in the lives of parents that don't know where their next meal is coming from or how they're going to pay their rent. People show up, they're present, and they're faithful. The church is driving around the neighborhood every time Vaughn goes to pick the church up. For a city life gathering, the church is present. Presence on bus routes. If Danessa's doing her job for the Muckleteo School District and driving kids around every week. The church is open for business during after school homework clubs and Bible clubs. And we are going to be present in relationship with local law enforcement and teachers. And I sat in the principal's office of this school just the other day, dreaming and scheming about how some of us might come and spend one hour a week reading with a kid who has no one to read with them. In this library, this very room, that is where the church gets to be present. Salopon's face lit up as she shared her vision and said, we have kids that want adults to read with them. That's the present church all week long. We're present with community development organizations like Hand in Hand and the YMCA and the Boys and Girls Club and Casino Road Kids Ministries and the Muckleteo and Everett School Districts. We are a present church. We are people. Where can you find us? I don't know. What time is it? That is the present church as a force. So here's a challenge. Here's a challenge for us to think about for this year as a present church. What if we each had a genuine relationship with at least one person in this neighborhood that wasn't a regular part of our family gatherings on Sunday? What if that could be said about us a year from now? That we each have a genuine relationship with at least one person who isn't a part of what's going on here because we believe that we are the church everywhere that we go. What if? And what if we became a trusted person in that individual's life, someone they could call in a moment of calm, crisis, or celebration? 
through a text thread or a phone call or an email or a, a Facebook messenger? What if we were just the touch point for people? That in a moment of, hey, today's going great, and it's just, an, it's just a normal day, or I have something to celebrate with you, or I have something I need you to be present with me in because there's a crisis going on. What if every person who called this their church home had one relationship with someone? The church is changing. It used to be, and I will always say that this is just fine. A vision might say, we need you to find one person to bring here with you next Sunday. The church is changing. We will go to them. I don't give a rip if that person experiences Jesus in this room, so long as they experience Jesus through us. That doesn't mean people can't come and won't come. But it's not a prerequisite for being in the kingdom or part of a family to walk into this room. We will go be the church. And we will gather and be re-energized, and then we will go again. It's a total paradigm shift. The next three weeks, we're going to pound that message into every single one of us because I canceled the use of this room for three weeks to do it. It's going to make some of us... I canceled it. It was available to us. We canceled it because we are a church that is present. We are a church that is mobile. We are a church that goes. Amen? Amen. Those things. People generally experience greater levels of shalom and flourishing when they have a trusted lifeline. Here's a picture. This was what some of us were doing at the men's retreat last weekend in Cedar Springs, right? So we all have a lifeline. This guy right here, this little thing ensured that when we were going across 25 feet high in the air on like moving platforms that we would be okay, So we had those lifelines. Ultimately, none of the seven or eight of us that did that thing all the way around fell. So in the end, we didn't actually use the lifeline. But I guarantee you, we would not have been up there without it. This neighborhood is full of people who have dreams and are capable of doing things with Jesus. They don't need us to do it for them. But sometimes just being a lifeline for somebody helps them move forward in the dream that God has given them, knowing that I can do this because i got a group of people that I know care about me and will be there for me if I trip or if I fall. That's what we are. We just get to be a lifeline to this neighborhood. It's not for us to do everything. It's for us to be present. Amen? You've been listening to a podcast from South Everett Foursquare Church. For more information about us, please visit us online at www.southeverett.org.